0: Alright, alright, here we go. This is the NBA Dream Podcast for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Today is Thursday, April the 6th. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined once again by the one and the only Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and myself will go ahead. We'll cover the NBA Thursday games. Uh, Not a big card there today, guys. Only got like five or six games on the docket, so Mackenzie and I have been a little bit limited with the plays that we'll give out for today. Uh, But we do have like a quadruple best bet today, so that's going to be interesting. We're going to talk some playoff uh, implications some of the games that are going on there tonight that will uh, determine who maybe gets in and who gets out maybe some of the playoff seating some of these teams are going to be jockeying for a position we'll do a little bit of mvp talk as well uh mac it's been a while since we've done a podcast i think it's probably fair that we come out and we say that that we suck <laughs> people are probably pissed off at us one of the things that that we've been able to do is we've been managed to go ahead and do these podcasts Mac, and go ahead and give out a bunch of winners. And I think that we, we kind of took a little bit of a hiatus because of some work stuff that was going on, but we had to put something on the back burner. And unfortunately, it was the NBA pod, but I'm guessing that people are a little bit pissed off at us and I feel that they should be. And that maybe we owe them apology. I, I certainly apologize to all the, the listeners and everybody that supports us because that's the one thing that that you and I have enjoyed over, you know, doing all these NBA podcasts. People have come to us on Twitter and come to us on pregame.com. And they're like, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for all the all the podcasts that you are doing, and certainly all the winners that you give out. So uh, for myself, Sleepy Jay, you know, I apologize to everybody if you guys have been waiting. But Mac and I are back going to go ahead and get you guys ready to rock and roll and hopefully, you know, wind up with a really good, nice playoff podcast season. So that's kind of where I'm at there, Mac. Uh, now that we're joined up here, once again, ready to go ahead and do some damage.
1: Yeah, mia culpa, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, my dog died, uh, I got fired, I got rehired, tons of paperwork. All right, none of that stuff happened except for my dog dying. But, you know, it's just been a crazy month for me, no doubt. And um, this is my favorite thing to do. So it's it's uh, disappointing I didn't make it work. I haven't made it work. But, you know, it was about this time last year, beginning of the playoffs, that uh, you took over as co-host on this NBA pod and, uh that's when it became my favorite thing because we, we connect, uh, you know, before the pod talk. And I just, I just know you love the NBA, love to talk about it. And I can run the ideas by you. And I think you've made me sharper. And I think this podcast has made me sharper. And we've certainly given out a lot of winners. Uh, so we'll try to keep that going and uh, give you some valuable content uh, each and every week down the road. Certainly. Sorry to hear about your, um, your pet there, Mackenzie. That, that kind of sucks. Yeah, he's an old, he was an old dog. And, you know, he did, he did his office quite well in the 14 years here on the earth. All right, Mac, well, my condolences for all that. Let's go ahead. Let's jump into uh,
0: some of the games here for today. Mac and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to agree to go ahead and talk about one game here uh, because he doesn't have a game in particular that he likes, and neither do I, and our best bets are all circled around one game. So the one game that we're going to go ahead and talk about here is the Oklahoma City Thunder. That team right now sitting as the 10th seed right now in the West. That ha- They have to win. I mean, they can't lose. If they end up losing games, they're going to find themselves out of the plan. So they'll be on the road. Six-and-a-half-point favorites tonight in Utah. Mac, I'm not sure what you think about this Thunder team, but I talked to you a couple of days. We were offline, and I'm like, dude, I'm not betting this team. It's either fade or pass for me because I strongly believe, and look, a lot of people could disagree with this, and you know that the one thing I like to do is I like to think that there's conspiracies and that the NBA is a business at the end of the day. They want Luka and they want Kyrie in the playoffs. Why would they not? So it's, it's hard for me to go ahead and bet this Thunder team. They've lost three games in a row. They had a really tough game. I'm going to say it was probably three games ago against Detroit, a team that they clearly should have beaten, and they end up going out there and struggling. And you have to ask yourself, how is this team being refereed? You know, how are they being looked at right now? Uh, through the lens of the NBA as a business. And and to me, I, I honestly do not want to bet this team time. I want to fade them, to be honest with you.
1: That's interesting because you saw you say, why would the league not want the Mavericks in the in the NBA playoffs? I agree with that. There's one reason, the number 11th pick possibly in the NBA draft, upcoming draft, why the Mavericks might not want to be in the playoffs, at least certain members of the general managing uh, staff. However, uh, Mark Cuban, prior to last game, uh, had an impromptu conversation with the media in which he read texts from Jalen Brunson's agent in a kind of bizarre move. And his general point was we desperately wanted Jalen Brunson. We were going to give him the five-year max, and it's been a very disappointing season. But, hey, we did everything we could. And I kind of called BS on that because um, he was like, oh, we never even got to counter. We we never even got – you can get it through channels how much you're going to give the man. And even if his parents want to go to New York, if uh, I do believe Dallas – They never put an offer sheet on the table that was close to New York, and maybe they were going to, but, you know, you don't get credit for what you were going to do. Uh, So, yeah, and the fact that he was so defensive about it that he called out the media or asked the media to join him prior to the game to have this kind of ramble uh, talks about how passionate he is about this team, and I think he's a guy that isn't nickeling, diming, and looking for every possible advantage, maybe to the detriment of the Mavericks. I mean, the Przingis trade, the Brunson loss, both Przingis trades, both for and against him, you f- it seems like they lost just a little bit of value in each maneuver outside of the Luka Doncic trade, and that was a brilliant you know, masterclass, masterstroke. So you get credit for that, but every other move the Mavericks have made over the last five years, maybe even with the inclusion of getting rid of Rick Carlisle, who seems to be uh, picking up the Indiana Pacers, changing that franchise on a pretty, a pretty quick turnaround after two seasons. So I do believe the Mavericks are all in to get in, and they are slightly favored over the Thunder for that covered number 10 spot to say, hey, at least we played some postseason games, even if we're going to be underdogs on the road in both games, trying to make the playoffs. Right now on uh, PlayoffStatus.com, the Mavericks have a 53% at the number 10 seed, and the Thunder, despite having the head-to-head advantage 2-1 to in the season, is only 47%. So it's a coin flip, but the Thunder have to get this game. Uh, the Mavericks going to be favored in their last two. And we've seen this line. I mean, it wasn't three weeks ago that the Thunder were three-point dogs. They were considered even teams at Utah, the best home court in the NBA. Now they're six-and-a-half-point favorites, moved from five-and-a-half at open. Uh, I feel like there's only one team in this, and I feel like the Thunder will bring it. I feel like SGA is going to play 45 minutes if he has to. So the line makes sense to me that they're big favorites at Utah. I mean, the Thunder are certainly going to bring it. I mean, we do, we know that. they They kind of have to
0: here's my issue with with trying to probably take the thunder now at six and a half is that and this is what i believe is that right now the the market becomes really liquid a lot of that's because college basketball is over there's not a whole lot going on football season's over so there's a lot of focus right now on the nba you know a lot of fans throughout the season you know sometimes the players don't care sometimes the fans don't care but when it gets down to the you know the nitty-gritty fans start tuning in they start betting these games and they're starting to look and they're like oh hey you know, the Thunder tonight, uh, they're going to go ahead and play. Boy, if they win, you know, they really give themselves a pretty good chance. So the public, I think, they're going to be betting them now. And the Sharps, if they liked OKC, they got them at six. And I think the Sharps might actually come back in here, if they, even if they don't like OKC. I think they wait and probably take the Jazz at like seven, seven and a half, if that number kind of arises
1: here. I still don't want anything to do with the Thunder. Explain that. Explain that, because the Thunder, a lot of people would say, Man, they can make the playoffs for the first time in forever. They're all in. But I kind of get the same vibe, but explain why you, why you uh, have backed off the Thunder. At least the last couple of weeks, they've, they've seemed to fallen off. Why do you think that is? I think that that's one of the reasons why I, I don't want any part of them is
0: because they've fallen off. You go and you play a team like Detroit, who, I mean, that team's absolutely terrible. Don't they hold, like, the worst record in the league? I mean, a lot of their best players aren't even playing, and you go out there. All of their bad players are not playing, and they don't have any good players. <laughs> I love it. Makes sense. I believe that this is a business at the end of the day. Honestly, that's the way that and I believe that, that that this team, if they do not want the the thunder in the playoffs, and they're looking to go ahead and get Dallas in there, that this team could be refereed against really hard tonight. As far as Dallas goes, I was on them a couple of days and they lose, they lose. And then all of a sudden you see this report that comes out. I saw this on Twitter that Kyrie was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to you know, test the free agency market or whatever he was going to do. He made it sound like he, he's like, I'm not staying here in Dallas. And then that worried me. And I'm like, well, geez, like I'm pulling for Dallas. I'm thinking they're going to get in. I'm thinking that the Thunder are probably not. And if the NBA is looking at that, being like, well, if Kyrie doesn't care, I mean, they might end up just tanking the year. So I, I got really iffy on both of these teams right now. So for me, it's going to just be a clear stay away from the game. It would probably be the under, if anything, but for me, I'm going to stay away. I don't want to lay these points. And maybe if it gets to seven and a half later on, Mac, if I can get that number, I think that's a number that the sharps would buy up, and I would probably be with them on that. And that's kind of where I stand right now with the Thunder. Do you think, like, let's just say they make the plan, right? Let's forget about Dallas; they're not there right now. Let's say the Thunder make the plan. Could they even win a game? Like, is, is there a chance that they that they can win a game, maybe two? And find themselves actually in the playoffs
1: no (laughs) it's unlikely i mean if you look at the four potential playing teams lakers are probably going to win that 7-8 matchup uh the pelicans could win but either one hosting the thunder a team with no playoff experience sga uh has put up some big numbers in some big games but he's never had uh he's never had a one-and-done scenario or anything close to it um sga by the way not since Kobe or Iverson has someone as someone put up more thirty point games in a loss. I thought one way to attack this game because he is going to play so many minutes would be his over. But they they're smart here in Vegas. They put it up at thirty three and a half, which is a stay away for me. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting game. I feel like the um, the Jazz season probably ends tonight. I mean, a one percent chance to make the play in probably goes away. But I, I think the Thunder don't really care that much, you know. I think there's a reason why they've fallen off the last couple of weeks. They might have been Sam Presti might have been the anonymous GM that said, "Man, we won a lot of games this year." I'm not sure if we should have, considering how well Victor Ben Benyama looking right now in the draft. Uh, so it's although I see the motivational edge, it's not enough to make a team a six and a half point favorite. So stay away from me. Um, by the way, for the record, uh, Luca, I mean um, Mark Cuban, in his ramble uh, yesterday, said that their number one priority this off season is signing Kyrie Irving. Take take that for what it is. Uh, I'm not sure it's more than 50-50 he's going to be on the team next year. I'm not sure uh, if both sides are as all-in as um, reported. Well, didn't they kind of say the same thing about Brunson and he's no longer around? Yeah. Right, number one priority, but we called him after he signed a contract sheet in yeah. New York. It's, kinda,
0: it's just kind of weird. With me with OKC, actually, I think that if they do get into the plan. I think they could beat the Timberwolves. I mean, you and I were high on the Timberwolves going into the year. That team's obviously changed a little bit. They're, they didn't produce the way that we thought, you know, that they would. But I think they could take a team like that down. The Pelicans, it's not like they're invincible. They still don't have Zion Williamson. Ingram right now is playing at a super high level. I could see OKC maybe knocking them up. That team's going to come in there chippy, and they're young. They're going to be able to run. And I don't know, you know, what's going on with the Lakers. I mean, are they even really all that good? Or have, were they just lucky enough that AD caught fire against a really weak schedule, and they are where they are? So I wouldn't rule out OKC, you know, going ahead and stealing a game, maybe stealing two and, and
1: finding themselves somehow, some way uh, into the, the playoff mix. Yeah, they'll be playing with house money. They have that advantage. Uh, Pelicans 8-2, and two, Lakers 7-3. and three. But, you know, sometimes we make a mistake looking at the most recent form and assume that's what it is. The Lakers last night versus the Clippers lost their 11th straight game to their inner city rival, and Darvin Ham called out their uh, competitiveness, their energy, their want in the first half of that game. That's not that's not you know championship medal. Uh, so we'll see if they bounce back from that performance and do better.
0: All right, so we went to, we covered that game. Let's talk. Let's talk about let's talk about something that's over with, and that's the MVP race. I was looking at the odds, Mac. Probably, I'm gonna say probably like last Friday, and I'm gonna say Embiid was somewhere around like minus one seventy. You and I were talking. We were like, hey, let's try to do a podcast. Let's try to get this thing out. And I was going to give Embiid out minus 170. I was like the lock of the year. I absolutely love that. I did not think Jokic was going to win the award, especially when he had a couple dud games there. And we can talk a little bit about, you know, what was brought up on ESPN with, you know, the entire the, the race thing. But for me, there, there's no way Embiid doesn't win this award. It's over. It's done with. It's his. Give it to him. You can give it to him now. It does not matter. The Jokic is not going to be a three time MVP. Um, And look, I don't have a problem with Embiid winning it. I don't have a problem with Jokic winning it. I actually don't even have a problem if Giannis won it. But look, I think Embiid's been carrying his team for a number of years now. He's he's right in the mix and I'm I'm happy for him. Obviously, I'm a Pennsylvania guy. I root for Philly uh, probably more than most. So I'm, I'm happy to see Embiid at least be in the conversation, which he deserves to be there. But if he takes it down, which obviously I believe that he 100% will, uh, I'm going to be happy for him.
1: As of yesterday, it was minus 750. I've even seen it reposted at higher odds than than that. Embiid is the clear consensus favorite, which wasn't the case even Tuesday morning. He was minus 225 consensus. And then what happens? He faces his biggest rival in Boston, puts up 52 on 80% shooting. They win. Uh, as slight favorites, and um, you know he impresses, especially down the stretch. They're down in the fourth quarter. He's got to put up a big game. He's got to continue his scoring, and he does. And I think that's the hardest thing in the game when you're facing a really good team that's all in, and you've got to be the one, like Jordan in in 1998 in Game Six when Pippen has a bad back. You've got to be the one. I know where it's going, and you've got to be the one uh, to get the job done. Now, on the other hand, the Rockets beat the Nuggets. Rockets were 11 and a half point home dogs. Now, this is the fourth game since Kendrick Perkins' fateful comments that the Nuggets have been nine point favorites or more since those comments, since those questions came up. And they've lost all four games. They're 0 for 4 as a huge favorite. And we kind of talked about this on the main dream preview pod. And the point was brought up well, what does that have to do with Jokic? He puts up his numbers. And the team, if they're really good like they have been, they should be big favorites. And they're big favorites because of him. Why does he get a demerit if they lose? This is probably my biggest contention with the way most people appreciate the game of basketball. There's individual statistics and there's team performance. But more than the statistics even indicate, even though you only get 30 out of 120 points, the performance and the decision making of the best player, the number one option, has an outsized impact on the result. So if Jokic is putting up Jokic-style numbers and they're losing as big favorites to the Rockets and home to the Nets, uh almost lost to the Pistons. Um I should amend that. They're one in four because they did win that game against the Pistons as big favorites. I should amend that. Uh one in four since those Kendrick Perkins comments as big favorites. I think that says something about the player. I think you got to have the control. You got to be able to take the game by the scruff of your neck and score more than 14 points unless Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you're not all in. I mean, you're going to get the number one seed anyway. If you're trying to win a championship, it doesn't really help you. Uh, Pre-production, you presented a pretty interesting theory as to why you think Jokic might have uh, punted on getting this particular award. For some history, back in uh, March 7th, right before Kendrick Perkins' comments, minus 400 favorite. They lose four straight games. They lose four out of five as big favorites over the next month. Embiid has his best month statistically, 34-year game, 60% shooting. Jokic kind of has the same, you know, 26, 12 and nine, 65% shooting. But to me, if you're shooting 65% of the time and your team's losing, maybe try to score more, maybe try to make it more of a half court game, because if you're scoring, if you're putting, you're making them take it out of the basket in a slow half court methodical style, like in was versus Celtics, you can get back on defense. And those two things are interrelated in a way more than I think um, we appreciate, so I think Embiid's a deserved favorite. I think it wouldn't be right if he was second three times in a row with how close they are to statistically the last three years, and with the fact that the Sixers have had a better margin in the same record so far through this season in a much tougher conference. But again, pre-production, you gave out quite an interesting theory that I don't necessarily disagree with as far as Jokic's mentality. Well, I'll say this. Kendrick Perkins is an idiot for saying what he said, because
0: I think one of the one of the issues when it comes to race is like you don't have to bring it up all the time. That That's what becomes, you know, a race issue is when you constantly bring it up. There was nothing going on with these two guys. Like Jokic could have easily went out there and been a three-time winner of the MVP right in a row. No big deal. But then Kendrick Perkins speaks up and he's talking all about race. And I'm sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? First off, that's bullshit. But second off. I think Jokic stands a chance to just go ahead and tank. Why does he need three MVPs? He doesn't. He's already proved to everybody that he's one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. I think it hurts his brand. I think it probably damages him with the African-American fans, especially not just only in Denver, but throughout the entire league, because now it becomes where he may be the villain. And it's like, ah, you know what? If people, even, if people were never thinking about the race thing, but now that's become the topic, why even include yourself in that conversation? Just end that conversation. And I believe that's what Jokic did. I, th- I think that he just went out there and said, screw it. I can end this entire crazy conversation, which I actually think that it is. And he just goes out there and tanks the award. They're the number one seed in the West. What more do they have to prove? He's won two MVPs. What more does he have to prove? I think what he proved here is that he could be a bigger person than somebody like Kendrick Perkins and say, you know what? I don't need I don't need this in my life. And that, that's kind of where I think Jokic was at. Because if you go through and you look at the games, Mac, like you were saying, I mean, he was having like Mason Plumlee type games. Jokic didn't do that all year long. The dude averages like a triple-double. He could have went out there and probably put up 30-10-10, no problem, and not put the MVP – conversation to bed but what it would have done what it it would have set up one of the best games biggest games of the entire year Embiid versus Jokic and it turned out where Embiid didn't even end up playing that game and I think had they let's just say Jokic did not go out there and tank that might have been one of the best head-to-head matchups we saw all year long and I thought it was ruined from the minute Kendrick Perkins opened up his mouth with a bunch of shit
1: I don't necessarily disagree I didn't I didn't really like Kendrick Perkins comments from this perspective he's, everything's um, uh, a double entendre, everything's an illusion, everything's well, you know, if you don't look behind here just go out and say what you want to say man, like he didn't use the R word, he didn't call it racism but I think it's a lot more complicated than racists and non-racists, like I say this all the time I am a racist, and not because I want to be, and not because I think it's right, but because I'm a product of my conditioning, and I can't escape that conditioning, and I remember some of the Disney movies and some of the commercials that might have influenced me, but no way anybody could take a full accounting of every possible influence that maybe you like taller people, maybe you like corn cornrows and you don't like afros. There's so many biases that we bring to the table that I think it it has an effect. There's a, I mean, and RJ was talking about this on the Dream Preview Pod. Uh, Bill Simmons loves Nikola Jokic. He reminds him of Larry Bird. That's not racism, but that is a racially biased perception, in my opinion, and uh, it does come to bear. That doesn't mean that he's any worse of a player. Because white people like white people generally, black people like black people generally. I don't think I'm breaking ground making those comments, and I think we can talk about it in an adult way uh, without casting aspersions, which is what Perkins was doing. um, You know, kind of saying, you know, your vote doesn't count because you're you're not looking at it from an objective point of view. I think most people really really want to look at the MVP race from an objective point of view, um, and they strive to do that. Um, So that being said. I didn't particularly like the comments. I kind of understand where he's coming from as an African American, but it should be about the play on the court. If you think Embiid's MVP, there's plenty of ways to argue that with staying on the court. And um, I think I think he'll he'll win the MVP deservedly this year. But yeah, it kind of took a nasty turn. The entire conversation that is was regrettable. Even though I'm
0: white, I'll be honest with you. I like Embiid more than I like Jokic. I don't like Jokic to be honest with you. Like that guy's burdened me a lot. He's hurt me. I faded him, never realized he was as good as he was. And one, the other reason why I'm probably not like a Jokic fan is I believe that the Nuggets just depend on him to do too many things. And that's why they find themselves out of the playoffs sooner rather than later. That I would rather have a guy like Embiid who knows his job. He, he doesn't have to control every single thing. Like if you go out there and have like an MVP type game with a guy like Jokic, yeah, you're going to win,
1: but that hasn't. That hasn't shown to be bulletproof in the playoffs. No doubt. No, no, it, it hasn't been effective in the playoffs ever for anybody. That's my point. I like scorers and I like defenders. I'm an MJ guy. I want to be able in the half court to have the number one guy to get a bucket and in the half court, the number one guy to stop somebody. When you have a LeBron James or a Nikola Jokic and they're doing everything and they're getting 20 assists and it's all about them, I think it's, it's flawed. And I I like guys, I like guys like Caitlin Clark, Clark, for example. I mean, I'm a Kyle Shanahan fan and his cousin. Uh, It's about the weaknesses in a defense that you can expose. And Caitlin Clark, Steph Curry, the fact that they're drawing defenses out 35 feet is why they win more often than they not, more than the numbers that they put up. And the reason I bring up Caitlin Clark is because I understand what you're saying. Where I, from a basketball fan, want to love Caitlin Clark, and I do. I appreciate her as a player, but... When people are going after Angel Reese for being classless and I'm seeing a little bit of a disconnect between how one person's appreciated and another person's appreciated, it makes me bristle. And I don't want to dislike Caitlin Clark, but it pushes me in that direction. Thankfully, she handled it very classily and said Angel Reese, you know, doesn't deserve any criticism, which she didn't, because competitiveness in women's sports should be appreciated and yeah, should be appreciated rather than scorned, rather than trying to put people in boxes that don't necessarily that don't need to exist. So the bristling upon the racial conversation is regrettable because we should be thinking about what we like, what we don't like about about the about the game, you know, about the about this fun entertainment that, um, you know, that gets us away from the real world for a little bit. And we can talk about the X's and O's and and uh, different ways that different players attacked and what's effective and what's less effective. I thought that entire Caitlin
0: Clark discussion was kind of stupid. I thought the trash talk was cool. I don't give a shit about that. Like, let the girls go ahead and, you know, talk trash to each other. It only makes it more interesting.
1: It was more watched than the Final Four. Women's Final Four was more watched and discussed than the men's Final Four. That had some to do with the fact that a lot of no-names were in the Final Four outside of UConn um, versus two marquee players and marquee teams in LSU with Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark in Iowa marquee for women's college basketball, but that's something that's, that's something that I'm not sure we'll see again. I I know we haven't seen before. It seemed like it
0: was chippy because if you were watching social media, I mean, there were, wasn't there a girl from like South Carolina, like one of the white girls was walking in, in a, in a row or after the game. And it was like, they were like banging in each other's shoulders and like giving each other like the stink eye was like, Oh, they're getting ready to duke it out. And then that came, but it, it sucks because social media can ruin things and, Uh, People who open their mouths can ruin things at times. And I felt like let them go ahead and talk trash. And it just turned into
1: another another moment that was ruined. I guess, you know, I guess it kind of created a moment, too. But yeah, there's two sides of it. I mean, we're talking about it more because of it. But I got to tell you, I mean, I I admit that I have my own racial biases and I try to checkity check myself before I what's the word riggity wreck myself. And, you know, I try to I try to appreciate the fact that I'm not perfect and I have biases and I try to correct for them. I would never say what a fucking idiot about a player because of a celebration. I would never say what a classless piece of shit, which was said about Angel Reese. I can't let that go. You know, Samuel L. Jackson uh, can't let that go. Uh, Viola Davis, all the celebrities that saw that were like, wait a minute. That is not something I have ever heard said about any player, male or female, in such a public distasteful way. And that had to be called out, and I'm glad it did and I'm not uh maybe I am I don't know uh I don't think race has to be discussed every single day every single time, but can't avoid that one. that was a big one that would uh that was correctly rebuffed by uh society at large. well,
0: you're a lot more intelligent than me, Mac. Could I be racist against racists is that does that,
1: is that true <laughs> yeah um yes i think i think you can when you think of race it doesn't have anything to do with ethnicity race is a generic term that means group of people women are a race left-handed people are a race etc the scientific term which is not very scientific is just a generic term that says this is one way to divide a group of people so if you're looking at um people that you've deemed to be racist you're already making that um you know you're casting that perception on them but if you're not fairly appreciating them and you're grouping them and you're assuming things about them because of it has nothing to do with your actions or intent or if you're a good or bad person. If you're making wrong assumptions because of a group that you've assigned to someone, that's being racist. Well, I like to think that I'm not
0: racist. I am, I'm, I guess I'm only racist against racist. So I don't know. Like It's kind of where I, where I put myself. But unfortunately, I felt like we had some events that were kind of ruined over the last week. But with that out of the way. Let's go ahead and let's jump into some some wagers here, Max. Everybody's kind of waiting for uh, some wagers <laughs> here. So let's talk about our best bets. They skip forward to this part. They skip forward to that part. I'm like, come on, how am I going to skip? <laughs> so the game you and I went ahead and clamped down on was the Orlando Magic game for tonight. And not only do we have like one best bet, I guess we could say we might, we, we potentially could have four. So let's go ahead and talk about the Magic tonight. The Magic right now sitting at minus eight and a half point home favorites. They're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers right now are resting all their starters and some of the bench players. Their lineup tonight, they're sticking out there. I don't want to say it's the G League lineup, but it's pretty close, Mac. Now, Orlando, they're officially bounced out of the playoffs, but this team hasn't shown all season long that they're not going to go out there and give 100%. So this line opened up quickly at Ben online at minus two in favor of the Cavaliers. And then after all the announcements came out that players for the Cavs were all going to sit, this line has swung all the way to Orlando minus eight and a half. I'm going to let you go ahead and talk because I feel like I'm piggybacking more off your best bet and kind of taking, I'm probably going to end up taking a lot of your points as well, but
1: you and I are in favor big time tonight of the Orlando magic. Yeah. It's all about who's playing. And a lot of times you look at the record and you look at the, the name on the Jersey and you make an assumption or you, you you seem to have an opinion uh that's incorrect and historically if you look at this particular spot a really good team big underdog versus a not so good team you want to bet the not so good team that's that's favored by a lot of points so here's the exact trend if you have a 62 percent win percentage and you're at eight point or no i'm sorry three point or greater dog you get a bigger sample size versus a team that's under 500 late in the year you're only covering less than 35% of your games. That's the Cavs in this situation. It, to me, it makes a lot of sense. It goes back to that college basketball trend where if you're favorite and you're not ranked versus a ranked team, people just see the number, they see that standing, and they're like, okay, well, why am I getting eight points with the Cavs? Well, here's why you're getting eight points with the Cavs, and you probably should be getting ten and a half if you like Cleveland. No starting five player for the Cavs is going to suit up. They're all out. They're all announced out. That's a big uh, psychological statement, let alone the talent. When you say, hey, nobody's playing, that sends a message that um, probably content where you are in the standings. Not only that, their sixth man, Karis Levert, he's not going to be out there. So the team that got this record, the 63% win percentage this season, bears little resemblance to the team uh, that, that, that's going to be in this matchup. On the other side, I feel like you got a lot more continuity with the Magic. Paulo Banquero, rookie of the year favorite, he's going to want to have an, a good performance. The Magic coach is going to want to have another win next to his name. So... Uh, it's really the fact that it says Cleveland Cavaliers, but that's not who we're playing. That's not who we got who we got to cover the nine on. Uh, so I'll take the Magic uh, laying the points here.
0: All right. Well, a lot of things that you said, I can obviously probably just go ahead and echo. Here's the the wager that I like. You said the Magic are going to be minus three in the first quarter, and there's there's a key part to this, and that's that this is the Magic's last home game. It seems not going to the playoffs this is the last time that the home crowd's going to be able to see this team. So, if they blow the Cavs out, there's a good chance that a lot of the starters don't end up playing you know in the in the fourth quarter. So let's get our star players out there early, let everybody see them one last time before we go ahead and wrap up the season. So I think the Orlando starters that they go full full pull here in the first quarter. Cleveland with this you know this, this mash unit this this crack team that they put together here, what kind of defensive responsibilities are they going to have? What, how Like, how are they going to look in general? It's it's more than likely it's going to look bad. Orlando's gone out there on how many nights they're and have beaten good teams. I mean, they can go out there and play really good basketball at times. So I think they come out here, you know, pre- pretty much balls to the wall in the first quarter. The minus three I'm not worried about. This, to me, smells like it, it could potentially be like a double-digit winning first quarter where they just go out there and they absolutely blast the Cavaliers so I like that a lot. So I'll give that out as my best bet, Magic first quarter. But here's another wager that I like as well. And there it, it's kind of a variation. You could play the Magic in the first quarter and you can go ahead and play them on the money line for the game. So it's a specialty type of bet where you have to bet the Magic in the first quarter and the game. You can get that on DraftKings or Fanduel. At Fanduel, it's minus 105. On DraftKings, there's a little bit of a different variation where it's the first half and the full game. So look at those two, because there's no way I think Orlando loses this game. And I think there's a chance that they could probably boat race the Cavaliers in the first, second, third quarter. If they do lose anything, it might just be the fourth because the game is just well in hand. So I'm not against anything with the Magic when it comes to making any wagers on them. But I love the first quarter. And I also love like the first quarter to the game, first half to the game with the Magic. Um, this seems, it, it, this is like, this is a healthy team. This is a team they're going to bring in more than likely probably the next year. So I'm, I'm all over the magic there with you, Mac. This is probably going to be one of the biggest bets that I make uh, for today.
1: Actually, now that the line's moving and there's some nines, even a nine and a half that's popping up, I think the first quarter might be the better bet here. And here's the thing Ricky Rubio, Danny Green, Lamar Stevens, they're going to have to remember each other's names. I mean, they have not played a lot of minutes together and they're going to be suiting up. They're going to have to kind of come up with a game plan. They might be, you know, decent, they're not, you know, they're probably good enough to be six seventh men on a lot of teams. A lot of these bench players, CD Oseman and on another one, but they have no continuity versus the magic team. That's the opposite. So I think that does show up in the first quarter more than anywhere else. And the one thing I don't have to worry about with this magic team is the
0: motivation. Like this team's fought hard all year long. They're going to be at home. is the last time. So the motivation part that doesn't worry me one bit, it, it probably should worry you with the Cavaliers. You don't know what they're going to do and you don't know who they're going to have on the bench tonight. They might trot Rubio and those guys out there for a little while, but that is kind of like the Cavaliers kind of second wave. So do they want to you know avoid getting those guys hurt? We might see guys that we've never even heard of tonight on the floor for the Cavaliers. So there's no way. Mac and I are all over the magic. I saw the line early this morning. Mac, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I saw Orlando magic like plus four points. I'm like, get out of here. And then I because I looked at the injury report and I'm like, that can't be right. Like I'll drop a game of the year and make my biggest bet of the entire year if that's the case. And then sure enough, I saw that there were uh some eight and a half and seven and a halves out there drafting. So I was like, damn it. I'm like, ugh.
1: Thought I was getting lucky and thought I was stealing some money there, but not to be the case. I know what you mean, man. And just on that note, I'll mention this quickly. The strangest line move I've ever seen happen with the Lakers Clippers on on Wednesday night, where I was all ready to play the Clippers in the morning, you know, three o'clock in the morning. And then it goes from Clippers minus three to Clippers minus five. And I'm like, all right, well, I missed it. Two points. If I don't get two points of advantage, I probably don't have a profitable wager. But that line moved back to three. And then about an hour before the game, it tick, tick, ticked, half point at a time, all the way to Lakers minus two with no news. I assumed, oh, man, I must, I must have missed Kawhi being announced out or something because they went from three-point favorites to two-point dogs with no news. But no, it was just money. It was just a lot of money, a lot of opinion coming down. Everybody played, and the Clippers ended up winning their 11th game in a row against the Lakers. So the initial line of minus three was probably right. You know, Lakers being almost as good, but the Clippers having a major rest advantage. But this goes to show you, and Fezzik talks about this, people say, oh, it's sharp money's coming in on this team. Sometimes. I think the sharp money's coming in here on the Magic. I agree with it. A lot of times it's just money. It's just a lot of money that's influencing these lines. And that's why you keep your head on the swivel. You got to have your own opinions because um, you can't just wait for the market to tell you what's going on.
0: That's right, and I think that's excellent advice there. Uh, let's see. So we got our best bets out of the way. We got the MVP race stuff out of the way. I'm going to go ahead and skip Jeopardy there, Matt, because we do want to get this podcast out uh, as early as we possibly can. Uh, let's go ahead and let's get into a coupon code there, Mac, before we going to get into our agreed-upon player prop. But if you guys go over to pregame.com, you guys can save 20% on any pick over there at pregame. All you have to do is simply enter code DUNK20. That's D U N K 20. Like I said, you save 20% on any pick over there. Mackenzie has his daily stuff up there uh, at pregame.com. Myself, uh, AJ Hoffman, everybody over there at pregame putting their picks out, especially right now. You know, you got UFC coming up this weekend. You have the golf stuff that's going on. Uh, you got the NBA playoffs ready to rock and roll. Scott Seidenberg. Right now is putting out all his MLB and NHL stuff. So you guys save a decent amount over there at pregame.com. Just enter code DUNK20 when you go ahead and make a purchase. With that out of the way there, Mac, let's go ahead. Let's talk about our agreed-upon player prop. Let's go ahead and let's give out. I'm going to go ahead and do Giddy tonight with OKC over 6.5 assists. I love playing guys when they go up against patchwork lineups at this time of year. The defense for those teams is more than likely it's going to be absolutely horrendous. And when you get these defensive efforts from players that normally don't play together, they're just all over the place. Go back to like maybe like last night's games and, and go and look at the lineups that were just like these patchwork defenses. TJ McConnell went out, had had a monster night. Uh, Hart had a monster night. Trey Young ended up having like 16 assists. So you can assist the basketball easily against these defenses because they're just never where they're supposed to be. And that's going to be the case tonight for Josh Giddy. This jazz team is—they're absolutely sitting all their players. I mean, go and look at their starting lineup tonight. It's nothing but like a bunch of G League players. So I think Giddy has a big night tonight. I would not be surprised if he went out there and probably played 35 minutes. I mean, we just talked a little while ago about how important this game is to the Thunder. So I think Giddy has a big night here, and he relies on guys like SGA to go out there and take care of the basketball and do what they need to do. Get to get to the rack, make the buckets. I think Giddy probably a close approach is close to like 10 assists tonight so i love giddy over that's the player prop that i like most for today there mac now you had
1: one and i don't disagree with that at all but i'm curious what you think about the giddy prop i like it here's what's in our favor i think the minutes if you look at when Embiid's play uh, i'm sorry i get ahead of myself when giddy's played 35 minutes or more he usually gets this number and now he's playing a bottom five defense that's without four of their starters without three of their bench players I don't know how they get away with this. How do they just announce oh, all of our players got hurt last week for the first time all season? But they do, they do, they announce that, and that's that's the story that they're going with. So one team is in this game, and I feel like probably the biggest game of the season uh, would clinch a midseason over over under for me. So I'm rooting for it in that sense. But I think there's balls to the wall, both Giddy and SGA, uh, you know, are play as many minutes as necessary, even if they're up a little bit in the second half. Uh, so that's why I like that prop. Really bad defense in an all in team that's gonna play their starters as many minutes as needed.
0: All right. So we'll go ahead, we'll go ahead and we'll stamp Giddy as our player prop there. We're six over six and a half assists for tonight. Now, Mac, you you went ahead and you went with Embiid tonight. What are you looking at with him?
1: Yeah, so he just clinched the MVP, had the biggest game of his life, fifty-two points and a comeback victory against his nemesis Boston, who had beaten him four times in a row. And it made me think. Embiid seems to have a good matchup versus Boston, the way they play him. They're going to try one-on-one with Robert Williams, and he's going to eat them up. And I looked at it. So since 2019, 2020, when I think Embiid reached this kind of final form of you know his MVP level self, uh, if you look at all 29 opponents, he scored his most points per game versus Boston, 32 points per game over that stretch. He scored his fewest amount of points versus the Raptors and versus the Heat, 23 points per game over 15 games in the, Heat's, in the Heat's case. Why is that? The Heat don't have you know a lot of guys. Ben Ambao is a good defensive center, but you wouldn't really call him like a Rudy Gobert kind of bruiser in the post. He's more of a guy that can get out and guard guards. So why do they do so well? The Raptors and the Heat, I think, is because they know they're not going to guard and beat one-on-one. They know how they're going to guard him. They're going to trap. They're going to get the ball out of his hands. They're going to have somebody else beat him. And you know they played in the playoffs last year. They played 15 games over the last few years, averaging only 23 points per game. Now he has that adrenaline drop-off from that huge marquee television win that clinched himself his first MVP. Now he's playing the Heat. They're kind of locked into the – both teams are kind of locked into where they're going to be, the three for the Sixers, the seven for the Heat. I just seem I, – I think he's going to play less minutes, and I think he's going to play with less intensity versus a defense that matches up pretty well with them, at least from a scoring perspective historically. So I thought they might set this a little bit higher with the public getting crazy. They set this at a fair number, 31 and a half. So I'm not going to go crazy, but I do think there's a good chance. There's a reason why they didn't set it that high because there's a good chance. He only plays 25 minutes win or lose. And uh, we saw that in Chicago. He played 14 minutes. They were up good enough. He moved on. So at 14 points in 14 minutes. And that was it. I could see a similar situation here in Miami. or I'm sorry, in Philly versus Miami. Uh, so I like the Embiid under 31 and a half points here.
0: Yeah, I mean, this team's going to be on a back-to-back, so they got to travel to Atlanta. So there's a really good chance that, that he doesn't see a whole lot of minutes tonight. And uh, like you said, coming off of that monster game, maybe it's a breath of fresh air. And I think that they're, they're pretty much just locked in to where they're at. So I'm with you with that one. I don't mind him, beat I actually would consider his points, rebounds, and assists under as well. I think that that's actually a pretty good bet there as well. Uh, went a little bit long today, there, guys. I guess me and Mac must have missed each other and, and missed going ahead and talking to you guys because you guys got almost an hour podcast. But it was nice to go ahead and be able to go ahead and chop things up with Mac here uh, on a Thursday. Let's play two. Let's do another one. Let's do a playoff preview coming up. For sure. We'll go ahead. We'll get that done for you guys. Mac and I will go ahead. We'll drill down. We'll, we'll make sure that we have some time for you guys. We'll do a playoff preview. And then you guys will probably end up getting, you know, Mac and I for the, for the entire playoff. So that's kind of where we're at right now. As I said in the beginning, you know, sorry that we've been stagnant and been away for a little bit while. Uh, nothing that you guys did. It was just more, more work-related and and trying to figure out scheduling stuff. So here we are. Hopefully you guys do well uh, on Thursday. But that'll wrap up the podcast for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. You guys can follow Mackenzie and I on Twitter. at sleepyj underscore pregame at Mac and Rivers. Make sure you guys go over to pregame.com. Use that coupon code SAVE20%, DUNK20. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the game. <laughs>